Something funny? No. No, 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 nothing's, you know, it's just that both those belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and, uh... This stuff? Oh, okay, I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back, but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns, and then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact, you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. So if there is a drag queen out there who has done a lip sync of this monologue, we need to see we it. We need to see it. Show us the receipts. Show Mary. us the receipts. If it hasn't happened, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I don't understand. Is it just too hard to learn? Yeah. Has it lost its merit? I, I, I mean, I, there, there's no way. This is this not too hard to learn. This, there's no way that this hasn't been done. Right. I mean, come on. This, yes, this is like yeah, yeah. high drag. Why is no one ready who is yes. after peppermint? Right, this right, is right, like right, right, a, right, right. A drag <laughs> performance. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it really, obviously, obviously, you've read the title of the episode. This, is, of course, is a monologue from the Devil Wears Prada. That's right. It's the monologue. Yes. Why don't, yeah. we, why don't we let our Marys know what they're listening to, and then we can perhaps talk about the sure, episode? Sure, sure. Of course, this is, of course, a bonus episode of All Right, Mary. From a pile of stuff. <laughs> Which is typically our drag, our pod, which is our pod, take three, which is typically our podcast dedicated to all things drag race, the world of drag race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little BDBD TV show. And I'm typically Johnny. And I'm typically Colin. <laughs> and some of those things are going to stay the same, and some of them are going to veer off into drag adjacent content. And yeah, also the world of drag. The world of drag. And a movie that we have referenced so many times. Right. I think the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this TV show yeah. uh, speaks to uh, gender roles and, mm -hmm. and gender uh, conforming and misogyny. And, and what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. I think just the idea of what gender is and how yeah. that is all just kind of like a game in the Matrix, mm -hmm. I think that's how we enter these conversations about The Devil Wears Prada or the past episodes that we've done with, uh, you know, Marge Simpson and The Dress right. or Drop right. Dead Gorgeous or the Brady Bunch movie. Right. Like, I... I now the comeback. I, yeah, well, sure. I mean, I feel like I can't not watch things through that lens, especially right. something like this that oh, man. feels just calls to us. Yeah, I mean, the the very beginning of the movie is this montage of the drag that women put on to go out yes. in the world. Yes, you know, it's like that's the note we start on. Is like this is. And, and and even the soundtrack behind it, suddenly I see mm -hmm. this is what I want to be. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it, 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 it adds so much to this idea that we, as men and women, 
dress and drag every single day when mm-hmm. we go forth into the world. Otherwise, we're just naked, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that there's, I mean, there's so much in that that like opening montage of, of these different types of women and these different types of lives. And I think being a New Yorker, there's oh, there's that apartment. Oh, you live in that neighborhood. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? There's there's all these different like experiences so that idea of like suddenly you see who you want to be it's like i i remember moving to new york when i was 22 i got a job at conde nast which of course is what this company is based oh, on wow. i worked with girls like andy oh my god a million girls would have killed for that a job, million Colin. girls and all and i just and got the te- white man got right, it right i got it from a temp to perm position through an agency <laughs> great so, yeah. great hire the smart fat white boy <laughs> they took <laughs> Took a shot on the smart, <laughs> sassy, effeminate gay boy over here. Actually, I was the only guy in my department. So good. Yeah. So they had to fill the role. You've succeeded. Good. You succeeded. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I, 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 I knew girls like Andy. I knew girls like Emily, um, who this was the world and the job and the thing that you wanted. And this was everything. Yeah, you were living the dream. You're living yeah, the dream. The sex and city life. It was. I mean, yeah. we were 22. Don't have the cosmos. We did all that shit. I yeah. remember like one night my my coworker, um, she had, you know, she was the kind of friends who were promoters and things like that. Oh. It was a Wednesday night at 1030. And there was, I don't think this club is open anymore. I think it was called Kiss and Fly. Oh and God. we were going to be able to get in early. <laughs> Wednesday, 1030. Cut to me and these two other girls like shotgunning Red Bulls in an alleyway somewhere and then tromping off to this this meatpacking district bar. I didn't even want to go. Like, I, this wasn't my thing at all, but I was like, oh, this putting is on the, the drag. Putting on the drag. This is the life. Yeah. And then, of course, we're like, oh, well, we're on the list or we know so-and-so and we get in there and it's just like fucking empty. Right. And it was this perfect metaphor for what this whole experience is. Sure. Is you think you're somebody. You think you've, you've put on the drag of being... Carrie Bradshaw or whoever right. this person you think you're going to be in New York and then it's like it's like the Wizard of Oz it's all bullshit yeah you know it, yeah. it's you're not onto it yet you haven't figured it out right you right. know and you know it's interesting with Andy it seems like she knew what was going on all along mm-hmm. in the beginning of this movie she's like well I need a fucking job right and so it's jobs that pay the rent right that's what she says with right. her friends mm-hmm. and they're all kind of in this in this mindset of like okay you got to hustle mm-hmm. we're here now and we're gonna we're gonna make something happen and we're gonna fulfill our dreams right and she kind of it seems like she loses loses that sense of wonder when she's like when she gets too um too into the drag the the drag that she puts on she yeah. kind of loses who she was underneath the drag right well that's it's like a laganja estranja yeah absolutely i mean i think that that's uh kind of the way that i look at andy in this movie is this is her drag journey yeah like this is and the question i had is like through the this experience does she does the drag that she puts on, the, the makeover from Nigel, all that shit, the, the who she becomes, is that bringing something out of Andy that was latent and just not activated? Or is all of this just a performance that isn't sustainable? You know, because like at some point, like it's just how long can you go on like this? Well, you know, the title of the movie says it, right? Mm-hmm. The Devil Wears Prada. I mean, it is Miranda Priestley is this devil that mm-hmm. basically you sign a deal with her mm-hmm. and she kind of owns you until you wake up and mm-hmm. you're like, no, no, actually I have a choice. Right. right? It's like that, the end of labyrinth. You have no power over me. Right. And there's that, that's that short story, like the devil and Tom Walker or something like that, where he basically makes a deal with the devil. And then it's like, Oh, I, this is not working out. Right. As deals with the devil. Yeah. Often dope. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're the one with uh, on the short end of the stick. Right. And um, so to your question, like, is this something 
that help helps helps her or is this something that she realizes is like nothing near her for me it certainly seems like it helps her mm-hmm. in the sense that she uh, realizes that she's good at something she realizes that she can she can access beauty mm-hmm. and that she can put on something and be powerful and that she can um, get things done right. and that she can function in this city um, in in the sense that it I think it hurts her is that yeah it's not at all what she wanted and it you know mm-hmm. it takes it takes uh, a year or whatever how long it takes for her to realize that and she realizes that in the limo at the very end she's like mm-hmm. no, no 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 i'm not like you right i do not want to be like you and i can't mm-hmm. believe i did that to emily yeah well and i think it, it kind of highlights the whole i mean you know you just look at the fashion industry in general like just everything it perpetuates in terms of like false standards of beauty and things and i know there's all this pro fashion this is you know wearable art and i get all that i get well, all that's that. what this movie is promoting and I, I understand that i just think that like that's a really convenient narrative to ignore the fact that like and this it, like when you're making a joke that someone is as fat as a size six right i know it's a joke but it's also not Oh my God! Yeah, it's, it's not also a joke. Like sick as fuck. It's not a joke. Yeah. And so, like, it might be a reality for the situation, and there's some jokes about hiring the fat girl, and like, uh, and I'm not trying to be super sensitive. I'm but just... we're entering the world, and we're kind of um, the the other thing that I wanted to talk about this episode uh, is uh, why do we like Miranda? Why do we like Raven? Why do we like Miranda? Why mm-hmm. do we like the mean girl? You know, and it 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 because yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. Well, you know, it's funny because I, when I I think like Emily is like the Raven of this. Sure. You know? And in some ways, Andy's like a Tatiana. You know what I mean, like it's convenient. <laughs> like we're we're in the midst of wrapping up season two, and we're doing Devil Wears Prada. Like as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh my god, this is so. Even there, there's like I feel like Andy and Tatiana look similar. But Tatiana she, doesn't have the Chanel boots. No, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> Miranda Priestley's office. Oh, she's not, but I'll give word. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Quote uh, this movie forever. Oh, God. I've got Patrick. Tatiana did not have Patrick. She did I, not have Patrick. She did not. Yeah, that was what Tatiana was missing. Patrick. Um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, but I think there are those those parallels. And of course, I guess you can't not parallel Miranda to RuPaul. You know oh, what I mean... I mean Mm, I wouldn't necessarily parallel her to RuPaul, but yeah, I see what you're saying. This idea of like the mother of an empire. Mm-hmm. But for me, Miranda is, I mean, she's the enemy. Mm-hmm. She's the enemy of, she's the one, uh, the person in the room that is creating these narratives mm-hmm. through fashion shoots, through creating what, I mean, she has a lot of power yeah. over what it means to be a woman. And yeah. even in her office, she expects women to wear high heels. Yeah. She expects people to exude this sense of femininity that is ascribed, that yeah. is not natural. And I am just to play, I mean, no pun intended, but devil's advocate. I think that <laughs> Rue wields the same power. She has a lot of, of sway about what it means to do oh, drag. Oh, oh, very, very fair, fair pheromone point. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think when I think about RuPaul in the world, like whenever I read interviews, but with RuPaul, the interviewer, like the one writing the article always makes note of kind of, RuPaul's thorny personality. Okay. How she can shut shut something down really right. fast or just like not be interested or like um, there's and I and I, I like just to have no patience. Just right. you know, no fucks to give for the situation, sure. you know. Um and I feel like that and that's RuPaul out of drag, you know. Right. Um so I feel like there's a similar powerful energy that's very intimidating. Like I think RuPaul's actually very intimidating. Oh yeah. Oh know? completely. Yeah. Completely. Standing yeah. over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like has been through it yeah, and this, knows like, it. Tom self assurance where I am still just like 
marbles. You know what I mean? Right. It's um, so I I see I see that parallel. But certainly, I think RuPaul's intentions are a lot. Sure. 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 But there is that that sense of like power of creating narratives and creating what is drag, what is, Mm -hmm. you know, mainstream. Right. And Miranda Priestly. Um, the character that she's based on obviously has uh, a lot of right. a lot of sway and and, and creation. And I think the because obviously uh, Mer- Meryl Streep's performance. I think Sister Mary Jonathan had pointed out that it was um, largely inspired by Dirty Harry. Oh, um, I also see a lot of reference to Faye Dunaway in Network. Oh yeah, uh, it, and and I RuPaul has mentioned that Faye Dunaway is a very much a reference in you know the monster of RuPaul. Um, and and nowhere more so, even even more so than Mommy Dearest Network is like exactly the fate on a way that I feel like RuPaul is channeling. You know, it's interesting because RuPaul does talk about the monster, right? Mm-hmm. That monster, and uh, here we have uh, basically a monster movie, right? Yeah, the, the movie's called Devil Wears Prada, and right? It's about this monster that you know takes up little girls and spits them out, or mm-hmm. you know they they co-sign to her. Yeah. Um. The the other aspect of this movie that I, I hope we can maybe move into now. Um, is is this idea of of uh, being a woman with power mm-hmm. and what that means? And clearly, we know what it looks like, right? Because right. of all the fabulous montages, just the start of the movie oh, yeah. when Miranda has to enter the office, we don't see her face. Mm-hmm. It's the epic drag reveal, right? You know, right? Oh, oh, the it glasses is. come off, and then she starts. Spewing. Yeah. Oh, it's such Tales a- of your incompetence do not interest me. It's I mean, such it's, an entrance. Yeah. 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 For sure. And you know exactly who she is. Mm-hmm. Everybody's horrified because she's early. Right. Right. Well, so, I mean. And a drag queen is never early. No. And Miranda <laughs> is very much a drag queen at the same time. I mean, this is like, there is. Oh, we see her out of drag later yeah. in the movie when she is talking to Andy about her divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, little known fact. Um, Meryl Streep had that scene added in oh, wow. because she wanted to give the devil a little bit more depth mm-hmm. and yeah. we needed to see what was underneath the drag. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Like, I need to see who you are. Right. I need to see your vulnerability. Right. I don't know who you are until I know this side of you. And and to me, that that scene is what starts kind of a thesis for me. And it's um, sh- this idea that uh, well, first of all, why do we love Miranda, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she she talks about how she's the dragon lady. She's career obsessed. And at the same time, she doesn't care what anybody writes about her, but it's her girls. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And she talks about how her... all um, You know, her all... She, this isn't the first time she's been divorced. Right. And, and it brings me to this idea of why are powerful women so unattractive or can't be bothered by men? And and it and it echoes in Andy's relationship mm-hmm. with uh, Adrian Grenier. What's his name in the movie? I can't even remember. Oh, Jarlsberg. Uh, <laughs> Eight dollars of Jarlsberg. Um, it echoes her relationship. Mm-hmm. We have this, and it's a problem that I have with this movie. Actually, okay. um, we have this boyfriend who is completely unsupportive right. of the fact that Andy needs to hustle. Now I get. Right. When your girlfriend isn't get, or when your significant other is like caught up in work, mm-hmm. but like he's caught up in work. He's a chef. I mean, he does. He works at a restaurant. Right. Yeah. No, that is such a high stress, especially he's not. He's certainly not an experienced one. So he's probably working long, late hours. Uh, you know, I mean. It, it's considered one I mean I've worked in a kitchen It's Chefs are the worst They're so mean Well you know It's just like 
he didn't do anything to accommodate her. Mm-hmm. Like, why wasn't he more supportive? Why wasn't he less selfish? You know, you can have both a career and a love life. Mm-hmm. You just need someone who supports the career right. and can empathize with that. Now, granted, like, yeah, she missed his birthday mm-hmm. or whatever. She cheated on him later, but that's besides mm-hmm. the point, I think, right now, because there were problems before, right? Mm-hmm. This expectation put upon her that she needed to put him in a sense first because she wasn't happy with the job or he didn't like the mm-hmm. job that she got yeah. that she knew she was only going to keep for a year. Right. Right. Well, I think that it's, I think it's the way, because what we're talking about here are balancing acts, you know, it, and, and whenever we talk about a man like balancing all of these things, he is, he is in his career. He is a businessman first making time for his family. Right. When it's a woman in power, it's, but your family has to come first. How are you going to do your job and take care of your kids? Right. There's always that idea of like, but wait a minute. It's a false binary that the mm-hmm. that the movie sets up, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that basically one of the main conflicts for Andy is, oh, my love life versus my career. Right. And it's like, th- that is false. That, that should not be a thing right. at all. That right. should not be a stress for her. She should mm-hmm. be like... Uh, yep, this is my job. I got to work. Yep, she's going to call me at 9 p.m. Yep, sorry. Right. This is what I signed on for. Mm-hmm. Now, I could quit and look for another job, but this one I think is going to actually get me pretty far because there's a lot right. of power in this job. Right. And to be perfectly honest with you, I like the shoes, and that is not a problem. Yeah, well, I think she starts to like who yeah, she's becoming. and I think that's fine. Yeah. I think it's fine that she's finding these ideas about herself that are cool and she's yeah. feeling sexy and she's getting attention from men mm-hmm. and she's she's uh, understanding that her intellect isn't her only kind of uh, personality trait that she can access, mm-hmm. right? She can access um, just knowledge and just uh, sh- sheer will right. and right. scrappiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, she fucking works her ass off. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. is, not a, a, that is not a book smart trait. Right, and I think there's something about the packaging that something comes in and, and if we're going to talk about men instead of women, just cause I think that's it, it, it makes it paints a different picture. I think the idea of wearing a suit versus wearing, you know, some schlubby, you know, lumpy khakis, blue sweater. a lumpy blue sweater and some <laughs> schlubby khakis, you know, and God help you some boat shoes. Like, I think that you, you feel different. I yeah. think that there's a lot about, you know, I can get together with, you know, glorifying fashion in terms of absolutely it's wearable art. Absolutely. This is like something you walk around in every day. Absolutely. This is something that will make you feel different. Oh, yeah. Wearing something will make you you can access that's well made. Of, that's well fitted. Yeah. I feel like a different person when I'm wearing. Like yeah, a well, I act differently. I act differently. I, 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 I think differently. Like, yeah, all of that is valid and real. It's part of a ritual. Exactly. And I think that there's a lot of about ritual in this movie mm-hmm. um and there's a yeah, lot with the idol of the book the book is such an idol the book yeah the for book. this world the book yeah oh, and just like the put run it on through. the table with the flowers which flowers yeah yeah like there's so much about even the idea of like you know not riding the elevator with miranda oh yeah and the wh- shoes they have to wear the clackers the, where's your pair where's your pair yeah absolutely. i always thought that she was saying worship her oh the clackers just worship, worship her. her yeah yeah um <laughs> which also works um so yeah there's there's just a lot about having to this is the beat we dance to right you know um and i what i appreciate is that at the by the end it's like and it's kind of ridiculous like 
this is kind of stupid. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, like, no, we're not saving the world. Right. There's no need for all of this choreography. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and stress and, and, uh, back backstabbing Mm -hmm. and, and all of that starving yourself. Yeah. I mean, that was a thing that I really took away. Certainly from the early part of the movie was like, what's the, what's the point of her, of Miranda having all of this ritual around how people behave around her and where things are and what they wear in her office and, and what needs to be ready when she, like, what's the point of this? Right. I mean, it's about power and control. Certainly. Right? But there's no point. There's yeah. no point. I get it. It's about power, but it, it's not utilitarian in the least. Right. I mean, if it was a man in Miranda's shoes saying and doing all of that stuff, it would, mm-hmm. we'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you are a control freak. Right. Like, and I realize there is a purpose in that you can then manipulate people. Right. I get that. But like, it all just feels so stupid in a way. Yeah. And maybe I am wearing a lumpy blue sweater and saying, oh, I, and all this stuff doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, maybe I am being Andy there about all of this. Yeah. And and maybe there's things in my life that there's unnecessary ritual around. Right. But I just, I, all of it feels like much ado about nothing. Well, it's one thing to have ritual around your life and then you don't impose it upon others. I mean, yeah. she is imposing this upon people whose, you know, livelihoods depend on it. Right. Um, and, and falling to it. Now, that is also their choice. And I think um, uh, Nigel reminds her of that. Like, you can leave. Mm-hmm. There's the fucking door. A million girls would kill for this job. Sure, like, we, I'll replace you. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing, I think the rub comes when Miranda says, everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be us. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two ways to look at that. You can either look at that as and saying that's delusional mm-hmm. because you are forgetting that there are thousands of other occupations. Right. People right? who have no interest. Don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Andy's boyfriend, for instance. For example, yeah. Um, or you can look at that and be like, everybody wants power. Yes. Everybody wants status. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Oh, there are people in the matrix, right? Mm -hmm. People do want that. People do think that. And I think again, and I'm going to go back to my original question. Why do we love Miranda? And that's why we love Miranda because she's powerful. She's a woman who has power because she's relentless, because she's confident, because her opinions matter, because she makes you believe they matter. Right. She's a bitch and she's heartless and unkind, but she's honest, you know, and and I, I feel like we, when she first arrives on the screen, we're like, oh, this is fabulous. Oh, yeah. This woman is just controlling these hundreds of people. Yeah. It, it's Work! How, yeah, it's how I feel <clears throat> watching Mommy Dearest when, when Joan Crawford, whenever she appears, you're like, oh, my God, she runs this room yeah and and they're and i love that yeah oh i mean it it, i love seeing yeah it's like you know women in power i mean i think there's always that sense of it's like that stupid sarah jessica parker movie how does she do it or what was it called remember that movie oh yeah how How, does she do how does she do it but I think, which I never even saw. So um, me neither. Yeah, uh, and I'm not recommending it. But I, um, I think there is that quality of when we see a woman in power. There's always it's that trained question of how does she do it? How does right. she balance being a woman and having power? Right, right. Because we just can't wrap our brains. Well, there's or, not that many narratives out there, right? Yeah. Where we see that, but there's so many women yeah. that are fucking killing it daily. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know don't get that kind of uh, footage. Right, and maybe it's just knowing that like it's it's more work, knowing that it's typically a boys' club, knowing that it's a masculine energy dominant situation. That when we see a woman who's powerful in these kind of um, roles, it's like, oh, you 
you are you have a lot you have more cards stacked against you than a man ever would so your power is more impressive right which is why i think gay men love this movie so much mm-hmm. because we see just like many of our gay idols when mm-hmm. we see a powerful woman we're like oh you have gotten there by yeah. your sheer fucking will yeah and and, mm-hmm. and scraping yourself up yeah i guess it's that whole thing of like yeah that gay men often you know i identify with and idolize powerful women because i think it's the closest like analogy to our own experience. Right. You know? Right. Um, without being exact, obviously sure. there's nuance, sure. you know, take a drink. But um, yeah, I mean, I find myself, I'm drawn to that because I'm just like, oh, I can, maybe there's the emotional intelligence to it as well. Yeah. Like I think a powerful woman, and I, we see this in this movie, is that we still get to see her cry. We still get to see yeah. her have emotions and be real. Right. Um, and Once. I don't think, yeah, well, and, and I like that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I, think I don't think that, it helps. Yeah, I don't think that undermines who she is. No, I mean, well, she's... Yeah, I mean, she, she even at the end of that scene, she's like, oh, "Don't be ridiculous. Why would you cancel my meetings?" Right, right, like, right. He's a pawn. He's he was uh, he wants to divorce me because I have a great career. Right, like right. it's fucked up. So I'm gonna just like cancel. Well, and, I'm yeah. just gonna I'm gonna wilt. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna wilt for a man. Yeah, yeah. And I think like I'm crying enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's the benefit of seeing somebody at a moment of weakness is when they're when how they then respond to it sure you know? oh yeah, that, yeah that's fabulous um you know the other thing i like about th- this movie is seeing andy respond to miranda i mean andy almost uh, in the beginning she's broken down by it but like you have to be really strong to take that honesty to be called fat mm-hmm. not just by miranda but by also by nigel which i think is so fucked up that oh. he's continuing like did somebody just eat an onion bagel oh my god i know i was like oh Oh, good. The the mean gay Wake guy just showed up. Yeah, the mean gay guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we we come to like Nigel, and and it's mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see that we like Miranda and we like Nigel, and it's almost like the audience is becoming sucked into this world as well. Mm-hmm. So many gay men quote Miranda Priestly. Oh yeah, because it's. It's fun to put on that power and to put right. on that drag mm-hmm. and to, you know, just cut somebody up, right. you know? Because if I want to feel powerful... <clears throat> with honesty. I don't want to feel powerful the way that I imagine, like, an alpha male is powerful. That's no. not attractive to no. me. I feel like I can see through that. Right. Like, it, that feels to me stunted, you know? Like, it feels less lived in and more of a performance than when I see a woman who's, like, who's, who's exuding power. That, to me, feels more real. Right. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's just because I am a man and I feel like I can read other men and I can sense their male insecurities and how they're trying to cover them up. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about the men in this movie, right? We have Adrian Grenier, who's obviously feeling, you know, mm-hmm. emasculated right. by Andy's success. Right. And mm-hmm. he's still this chef that's learning about potatoes for an entire semester. Right, right. Um, meanwhile, you have her friends, right? Uh, Lily, who eventually... Gets doesn't like Andy because she sees her cheating on the boyfriend, which mm-hmm. again is imposing your own thoughts on something. Right. Um, but then you also have the gay friend Doug, mm-hmm. who's like totally into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh my god, you get to go to Paris Fashion Week. Right. Who are you gonna? Are you gonna meet John Galliano? And he, she's like, yes. Right. Right. Uh, and he even like he has this really cute moment where she mentions she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was left at work. I had to figure out. You know the python on the headband and he's like oh pythons are really hot right now um he's in, he even has a comment about accessories and how accessorizing are really important accessorizing is really important because you know it's it's a form of expression mm-hmm. and it's it's like we kind of see it in him 
unfortunately the gay guy right right we see uh an echo of the world in her friend circle Mm -hmm. um which i thought was really supportive i'm like i I wish that her friends were just a little bit more into this right it's it's not realistic because like anyone i don't want to just say new york but like just to use the only example i really know well is like when you're young and you're starting a new job and you're trying to like do i hate the word hustle but it is what it is in new york and you're trying to do that whole hustle thing in new york like Everyone has to be empathetic. Everyone's rent is high. Yeah. Everybody's working jobs they don't want to work. Everyone, like, not everybody, but you know what I mean? It's like, it it comes with the cost of admission. Sure. And so it seems to me like there's a lack of empathy here. And she's it. liking it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you like it? Right. Okay. Right. You know, I guess her friends and her boyfriend obviously saw less of Andy the more that Andy's monster kind of took over. Right. Um, but I, I feel like they could have done a better job at being like, hey, Andy, you're still there. You're still in there, right? Right. You're still there. Right. And she even says, like, I'm still here. Like, it's still me. I just have better clothes. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. okay, okay. Right. I'll go with that. I'll believe you. Mm-hmm. And I'll, and if I don't believe you, I'm going to let you figure it out for yourself, which she does. Right. Right. I can't, at this point, I can't tell you. You need to, like, realize how much this is or is not you right. on your own. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just hate that she apologizes for it at the end. Mm-hmm. She apologizes to Adrian Grenier. She's like, I'm sorry. You know that all of this happened and it's right. like no 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 right you shouldn't be sorry that mm-hmm. you were doing your job right well yeah i mean i guess it's like what what is the what is the happily ever after that we need to believe in you know what i mean like that what? she gets the job that she wants like that's right. the one that i that's the happily ever after for me right she gets the job that she wants he gets the job that he wants mm-hmm. and if they want to be together they should be together but that's not part of the happily ever after mm-hmm. it's about the self-fulfillment the understanding that she is powerful and that she is important mm-hmm. and that she doesn't have to work under the conditions that Miranda sets out right. that are outlandish and uncomfortable and oppressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it makes me think of um Working Girl. And uh at the end of Working Girl, spoiler alert, but it's done. Um so Melanie Griffith's character, she uh she arrives at her office and she uh, gets to where you know her office and like her the, you know the secretary's desk outside the offices and um, I think there was I think there's a woman in the office and in any event Melanie Griffith's character sits down at uh, the secretary's desk and then the other woman comes out and she's like what are you doing sitting at my desk you're t- you're in the office like you have the office I'm your secretary and she's gone from being the secretary working for a dragon lady to now she has the opportunity to be the one in power and mm. you can tell that she's like like her assistant's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I think she was in her office with her feet up. She's like, I'm really sorry. And Melanie Griffith's like, no, it's fine. It's okay. And then um, her assistant asks, well, can I get you anything? She's like, I'd love some coffee if you're getting some for yourself. I feel like she's trying to be, right, right. you know, the, the not kind. be the boss who she had. Yeah. And I think that that is the, like such an intelligent use of power. Like she realizes she has this power that we talked about that Miranda was abusing. Right. And I know I'm talking about a different movie here, but I think yeah. for Andy, it would be a similar lesson of like, now I have the power. Yeah. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of waking up to this realization now, but I mean, Miranda is a devil in the sense that she is representing oppression, mm-hmm. right? She is saying you have to look like this. You have to dress like this. Women act like this. Mm -hmm. Women should be photographed like this. This is what women should wear. And it's fucked up, right? And it's beautiful and it's glamorous and you can't look away and you get sucked into it. Mm -hmm. And Andy 
uh, I think resisted all of that in the beginning and then kind of was like, oh, no, but this is great. This works. This is cool. This is helping me get ahead. Mm-hmm. And she's realizing at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This right. is oppression. Well, and I think it's this the gl- is not right. It's the glamorous thing that becomes women don't have to dress like this. Women don't have to look like this. Right. But but glamour is is addictive. And when things it's also a choice, it's, it, it's a choice. But I think it's also the same way and socially you know ascribed or prescribed yeah but 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 there are certain things like i think people talk about how when they get you know say they get really famous all of a sudden you know they they, they go viral and they're like oh well it's not going to change me right they get a lot of money it's not going to change me i'm still me and it's not because they're a bad person that they change it changes you yeah jenny from the block yeah exactly it changes you before you even know it and i think that um and I, so I think that when something is labeled as glamorous, I think that we've been very much indoctrinated that like, oh, like it's like we think of Hollywood. We think of like right. there's something that's the ideal is, is what's glamorous. And if you call something glamorous, you're able to gloss over all the really ugly parts of it. Right. Speaking of Hollywood, you know, I oh, mean, that's yeah. a perfect example of yeah. like it is. It is a den of iniquity over there. It, oh, is, yeah. it is just one big bathtub full of sick fucks. Right. But we look at it like it's just where magic happens. Oh, yeah. And it's not in the least. Right. Some of the filthiest monsters work in Hollywood. Right. But And I think that this is very similar. Right. It's the like, fashion world, right? It looks glamorous. There's monsters that work there. They're also doing really cool really powerful work right yeah and nothing's black or white like you know there's there's these gray areas of like oh there's a m- i think that it's i i, I just want to go back to uh, like this idea of of fashion being important like mm-hmm. it's not something to write off it's art in Absolutely. its own way mm-hmm. and it can help people access just like drag it can help people access a part of themselves that mm-hmm. they weren't able to access before and i think that's all great yeah but you don't want to get sucked into your drag character mm-hmm. you have to remember that you're putting it on right and right. I think that this movie and the the uh, analogy you're making with Hollywood, people get lost and they forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's also, I think it's kind of like... You forgot, Tammy. You, you forgot. forgot. I think it's a, it's also like getting anesthetized. It's like you just, it starts to feel the good. The poppies. Yeah. yeah, it feels good. And I think that's the hardest part is you start to forget because you're going to the parties. You're right. going you're to the You're getting all the likes. You're getting all the likes. Yeah. You're wearing the fashion. You're you're you know able to say like, oh, I was out so and last night and I saw so-and-so and right. I partied with so-and-so. And, yeah. You know, I'd go to Paris fashion week. Right. And, and all of it is done in this like infuriating tone of no big deal nbd oh my god fashion week like i again i talk about these girls that i like worked at Condé nast with and this was the um the way that they adopted it was it was supposed to be like nbd just partying at soho house oh my god what's my life and it's just like fuck you you're such a fucking fake it is it is a big deal it's a huge deal to you that's why you're posting it that's why you're saying it like this (laughs) and i I find that so frustrating is not only is it this like opulent thing but then you're trying to put on this drag like it's like not a big deal right you know right like that that's the key is that you have to look like none of it matters to you right you know right and then if you look too starstruck if you look, if you admire it, maybe the problem is if you genuinely admire it, you start to see how ugly it really is. Sure. You know? Sure. I think if you really like looked at the fashion world and like, oh, it's so glamorous. It's like, well, I mean, that model looks like she should be on an IV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, that's not so glamorous. Right. Yeah. But, you know, those shoes make her legs look hot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's like, but, you know, we could never afford to have enough fabric for a size six. You right. You know what I mean? She right. has to be a size zero. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, 
please. You're using Evian as toilet water. Like, oh don't God. even talk to me about affordable. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, you know, uh, if we're going to just kind of veer off of the All Right, Mary train and kind of get on to the fangirl we, train. Yeah. I mean, I just have to say that the looks in this movie, when Andy does that, uh, the Come On Vogue uh, montage. Oh, where she's walking to work in a different look. Yes. Yeah, first every- of all, <laughs> first of all, if you dress like that, you're taking a cab. But, but you know, they needed to film yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you're not, you're not squeezing on the six train in that white no, coat. No, 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 no. But she looked phenomenal. Yeah. I love the look uh, when she drops off the book. She has this, like... Um, she has this like newsboy hat mm-hmm. and this this like white and black uh, like vest, this black vest and a white shirt mm-hmm. with these necklaces. Oh, she looks so fabulous. Um, and I also love the montage uh, when Miranda is giving her orders to do. Yeah. And she's saying, you know, coat bag. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, get the brakes checked. On my car. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the twins need boogie boards, boogie boards or, or surfboards yeah, or something, something for spring break. Right. And don't and don't forget to walk Patricia. And it's that <laughs> huge dog. Good dog. Good dog. Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> Anne, don't don't ad lib. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Anne Hathaway. All right, Anne. Um, uh. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, when she, she wants them to, uh, she she's in the middle of a hurricane. And she's like, it's just drizzling. Right, right. Uh, yeah. There's so much to it. Yeah. Um, when she says, uh, I love when Miranda says, um, oh, and if you don't have that Harry Potter book by then, don't even bother coming back. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean... It's a great movie. I mean, I know we 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 all right married out on it for a little while. Oh but no! Like, I mean, it's okay to it's okay to all right marry on something and still like love it. Right, right. I mean, this because is again, all right. We love Miranda because it's yeah. about power, right? And mm-hmm. it's a, and it's it's fun to kind of take that on. It's why we like horror movies. It's why mm-hmm. we root for Ursula the villain, right? I mean, right. she's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it, know, it really is like you know what what do what does a woman do with her power or lack of in this situation i think yeah. there's a lot of that i think there's a lot of that's what we're responding yeah to. and i have a lot of admiration for mm-hmm. people that can do what uh, miranda Priestley or jacqueline mm-hmm. um or even an emily can do and just like balls to the wall no pun intended right fucking go for it right and just do your career mm-hmm. and it's like no fuck you i don't this man isn't going to keep me down right you know and uh, granted the fashion industry and what it's doing for women is, is problematic. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's something to be said about just moving forward with a train. You know, it's like, I believe in this and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think what we, it's the same thing that we admire in drag race Queens. It's like, I, this is the drag I'm doing. This is what, this is what I do. Um, I believe in this message. I believe in this aesthetic. Like, you know, well, sometimes that could send a queen home. I think that's one of the things that we like is when a queen like Jinx Monsoon just is completely embracing her drag right. and just selling it, whatever it is. And I think it's the same idea of like in a Double Wars Prada with Miranda and, and even with Andy, like I think of that montage, the the coat, I call it the coat bag montage. And when it ends with Andy working late at night and then she gets Patrick in like two seconds. Yeah. Like, oh, she's able to get him she's, now. She's oh, good. she's right on it. She's good. Like, Time has passed. I'm like, I'm like relieved. I'm like, oh, she's harnessing her power. Yeah. And it yeah. is. And it's so much. With about all her. the help of her fairy little gay godmother, Nigel, you know, dresses her up and makes her pretty. I know. I, I just was like, well, it had to be somebody. Let's make it the gay Let's guy. Let's make it the gay guy. Let's make it yeah. the judgy gay guy who right. makes fun of her chowder. Who yeah. played a child molester in The lo- Lovely Bones. Oh, which yeah. Which I'll never forget. I mean, it, I sh- don't ever see The Lovely Bones if you want to enjoy 
What's Nigel's name? Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Stanley yeah. Tucci. Any movie. I only saw like half of that. I no, went since no. I went to th- see it with, in the theaters with a friend, and then he like got really sick halfway through. Oh, I would. I understand. So, and it was like, all right. Well, I guess. I guess we know how this ends. Yeah. She dies, everyone. She dies. <laughs> yeah, he kills her. Well, we knew that. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Go- what, yeah, she's a ghost telling the story. We left pretty early. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. Oof. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, mm. yes. Mar- uh, she becomes beautiful, quote mm-hmm. unquote beautiful. Right. right she right. accesses, you know, power. Mm-hmm. She accesses the, the type she of She figures beauty. out how to be the world, be mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. yeah. How, to, how to be in that world and how yeah. to exist and have power in that world. Right. And that that's what it takes. Right. Um, and I think it's something that like the world's going to change when the world wants to change. But there is that like sad reality of like what it takes to be powerful in certain uh, professions and in certain social situations. And it, I mean, there's just certain things that right now are what are most powerful. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, when you don't have power, you have to play by the rules of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You and have to then, get your foot in the door. Yeah, exactly. You mm-hmm. have to play by the rules for a little bit mm-hmm. until you get enough power to change the rules. Once you learn the rules, then you can break them. Yeah. yeah. Or you can break them or you can uh, create ways to, to mm-hmm. change them. Right, right. Which is the, the ideal, right? Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. we want. We right. want more people to come into power so they can change the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's more you people, know, you know, with you know. Yeah, I, I'm interested in what the rules are before they, you know. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But certainly, yeah, I agree. Right. I agree in general. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, well, I mean, that's that's that, that's what I got. I mean, I I gotta say, I love the music in this movie. It is a good Alanis soundtrack. Morissette's cover of "Crazy." Granted, mm-hmm. nobody ever beats Seals, but like, right. It's great that she's in it. Right. Um, it's during a great scene where they're doing the modern woman unleashes the animal within to take on the urban jungle. And I'm like, work, drag, work. Rue Animal yeah, by Rue- Coco. <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, you know, I also have... Uh, um, oh, I... Simon Baker is in this movie. Yes, he not is. Thomas Jane. Not Thomas Jane. I get those two people confused. When you can't get Thomas Jane, you call Simon Baker. There you go. You know? And you know he's just as creepy as fuck in this movie. So that's right. He's the. It's like another designer, right? Who no, like, he's a writer. He's a writer. That's right. Yeah. A writer. Wow. A writer. Wow. Yeah, he's a writer, and um, he seduces Andy, mm-hmm. and Andy uh, lets him, sure. and uh, then you know rejects him because he's a fucking creep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's showbiz. Yeah, that's you know? showbiz. That's showbiz. You know, showbiz. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I like that Andy, the one thing I do like is that Andy learned that she has a choice, mm-hmm. that she has agency. Right. And it takes her a little while to realize, first of all, she had a choice to choose to stay or go. Mm-hmm. And then she loses that choice because she's like, oh, fuck. Uh, I like this job and then she screws over Emily and then later she's like oh fuck I need to leave and she chooses to leave right and then she gets the job you know later because of Miranda Miranda's like you'd be a fucking fool if you you know didn't hire her right right and I think there's um, if I were to tie it into drag race as we wrap things up I think there is that element of even the queens who go home from drag race it's like what are you going to do, you gonna with do the now? platform? Yeah, what, what are you going to do now? Yeah, it's it, it's not necessarily about getting You're endorsed. The end. Yeah, you're what endorsed. You, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, I saw you, you got here. Yeah. Like now what? Yeah. Right, right, right. You can't get too wrapped up in the traumas that you yeah. engaged in on right. the show. I right. Mean, it wasn't real. And the, the the boot camp that it was, it's like right. okay, but like you certainly learned something. Yeah. Like you're you've come out of this change. Yeah, yeah, use um, it. Yeah, yeah. So so really it's uh you know, Andy for All-Stars <laughs> 
four, seven, <laughs> eight. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. What's your last name in the movie, Andy? Andy Sachs. Andy Sachs. Andrea Sachs. Andrea Sachs, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise known as the other Emily. Yes. Yeah, yes. The new yeah. Emily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. She's, she's asking for you. She's talking about you. Yeah. Emily. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Emily? Emily? <laughs> yeah, you know, the Chanel boots. Uh, man. Man. Man, this, sh- this movie. Ugh, I could watch this movie every night, and I have I think you actually do. I used don't to. You? I yeah. used to watch this every night. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, just that. It's like an ambient for you. Yeah, yeah. Zonka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I I enjoy it way too much. Um, I usually usually conk out after the um, the speech. It's good that to we, stay that, that long. That we start with yeah. the clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good to you know go somewhere comfortable. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the lumpy blue sweater. I just that 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 it's it's like tryptophan. It's yeah. Just like, oh. It's like you're what you're counting sheep. You're counting lumpy blue sweaters. <laughs> yeah. You're counting jackets. <laughs> I think we need one jacket yeah, here. I think poncho. we need two jackets here. <laughs> oh yeah. Where are the belts for this? Where are the Why belts? is no one ready? <laughs> I'm just like waiting for sheep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's funny that we call them sheep because that's how Miranda. Right, sees right, them. right. How appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I the one last thing I want us to talk about is or a favorite moment is the scene where Nigel is describing what um, the process is when um, Miranda is picking out clothes mm-hmm. for a line and then what she's going to wear to that fashion show. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, you know, one nod is okay. And then if she shakes her head, it's bad. Right. And then if she purses her lips, disaster. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that to me, I feel like RuPaul has, I feel like Michelle could give you a similar uh, you know, right. like a code for what each of those right, means. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Is Michelle the Nigel of the drag race world? Um, yeah. I mean, she, she certainly reaches out to yeah. help Queens right. and yeah, she's kind of there. Yeah. She, uh, I don't think she wants the type of power that Nigel wants. Right. Right. Um, cause I think Michelle has plenty of it from RuPaul and mm-hmm. is happy being, you know, supportive of this amazing um, vision, right? Uh, creative producer, right? Um, and I don't know what Michelle's career is going to be. I know that she wants to get into acting, and and she wants to do all of that. I, I just... And and you know, good luck to her. You yeah. know, I think I think she can certainly play somebody's mom someday. You know, sure. I mean, or an aunt. I think yeah, she'd be an a, aunt. She'd be a uh, great. She'd be a, a fantastic aunt. Yeah, yeah, or you know, a fabulous fifty-something-odd woman. You know, sure. living in the city. Sure, that's, you know, that, yeah, like, white girl raps. You yeah, know? like I feel like she could. I feel like she could. She could be this character who, like, the first day someone starts at like a like a fashion, you know, like a PR agency, and she's like, "Here, I'm going to show you around," and they do a walk and talk. Oh, sure, you sure. know what I oh, mean. Oh, she'd be great at walk. And she talk. would yeah. kill a walk and she'd talk. She'd be good at, at the Nigel in that sense. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Oh, um, Michelle, we're yeah, Michelle Massage. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Shoepack. Michelle Shoepack. <laughs> and you know, in the credits, should be and Michelle Shoepack. Well, as and Michelle, yeah. as Michelle Shoepack. Yeah, as yeah. Michelle Shoepack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As Barb. Yeah, yeah, as exactly. Val. As yeah. Val. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Colin, for yeah. that little dip into the devil. Um, yeah, we definitely all rate married on it more than I expected. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, it is yeah. fun um, to kind of bring on that lens. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's so much more to say. Even, oh, but uh, we could we could have. I done think that a this tradition. is the start. It's a start of a conversation that hopefully some of our Marys will uh, mm-hmm. will talk about. Um, yeah. Why don't you Why don't you talk just very briefly about uh, what these bonus episodes are? Yeah. So you know, if if you listen to our um, most recent episode our, of our main episodes our season two recap our diva awards uh, episode we um you know made a little deep tease soft launch of our patreon that we'll be launching um and what we're doing with patreon to kind of like because you're giving and we want to be giving back um we will be going forward we're going to be producing four bonus episodes a month so the same number of main stage episodes you get untucked episodes and those are going to be like the bonus episodes that you've probably heard in the past like when we did the brady bunch and drop dead gorgeous and the and comeback the comeback yeah. and anything where we've kind of like you know broke from our regularly scheduled programming right going forward we're going to make those available to our Patreon Marys. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of, you know, we've made this available to everybody right now, just kind of give you a sense of like what you'd be paying for. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and that would be uh, to have access to all four bonus episodes every month. It would just be $5 a month. There you and go. So, yeah. Um, so a dollar twenty five an episode. Oh, that's pretty. If nice. you think that's worth it, yeah, you it's know, less, it's it's less than an iTunes, you know, video. Right, right. You know, yeah, and it's probably longer. So and there you go. Who knows? Maybe more valuable. What do I know? Yeah, who, um, I don't know. People like it. They like it. Yeah, you know? right. Like sure. otherwise, you know, uh, all right, Mary, as scheduled is, is, is yeah, how it's going to go. If you want, I mean. Yeah. You could just keep on listening as usual. Yeah. yeah. No, it's um, all good. So, yeah. So, that's kind of where these bonus episodes are going. So, let us know if you're into this. If this is, you yeah. know. What and kind of other movies you want to hear? Yeah. What else do you want? Episodes. And yeah. TV. And this is music really even. where we're taking a lot of uh, requests. Yeah. So, um, let your voice be heard through hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I feel like if, if you had thoughts, if you were a patreon subscriber and you had thoughts on on an episode that we were gonna do based on you know your recommendation we would certainly read them oh yeah completely yeah, we'd, yeah. We'd have you be a part of it yeah um so anyway that's that's all we got if you have any thoughts you can reach out to us at all right mary uh, on twitter or all right mary podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on the web at uh, allrightmary.com. Oh, yeah. I get used to adding that in. Um, and of course, you can also head over to iTunes. You can leave us a rating, leave us a review, and let other folks out there know that All Right Mary is a podcast worth listening to for all your drag race and drag race adjacent needs. Do you have anything else there, Colin? Um, no. All right. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, then uh, I think you should take it away unless you want me to take it oh, away. Oh, sure. I'll take it away. <laughs> I guess I guess this is it. I guess this is, boy, are we just going to pit-pat to the end? Uh, uh, yes, we... <laughs> keep listening, <laughs> Just Mary. keep listening because we're just patting the air. Uh, no, we... Um, that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. This all is right, a very Mary. awkward ending. Coat bag. Coat bag. <laughs> Why is no one ready? Uh, you guys going to... I'm going to go see Chicago. Do you have plans this weekend? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Where were you? I had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was gone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's chained to the desk. <laughs> Clam chowder. Or corn chowder. Corn chowder. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, all right, Marys. We will see you next time.